We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Welcome to Lightyear's, the official post-game show. I'm going to keep repeating myself here. Oh, so no Steph, no Draymond. So I think even the most uh, ardent of Warrior fans knew that we were probably in for a, uh, a rough one tonight, right? Like, I don't, know, I don't know about you, Andy. I wasn't expecting 2017 Warriors. Just, just personally, just my personal opinion. I was not thinking we were going to see, you know, Steph swinging it to Iguodala, catching Draymond cutting, kicking it out to KD, who finds Clay in the corner. Uh, that was not what I was looking for. But with that said, I was still disappointed. I sense some snark from Sam tonight, and I like it. I like it. You know, this is this is how the season has gone. We've got to bring a different type of energy every game. We can't just be, you know, depressed or angry, right? We got to switch it up a little bit. You know, tonight we're coming in a little. You know? Being angry after every game, that's not what this season's about. <laughs> it's also, you know, it's bad for the mental health. You know, we can't just be angry every game. It's Thursday night. It's Friday tomorrow. Weather's pretty good in the Bay Area. Uh, yeah, this was a tough one. This was a tough one to watch. I think uh, it, it's it's the Sacramento Kings, Sam, or what? Like the the fifth worst team in the NBA? You know what I mean? Defensively, like, like probably the worst team in the NBA, if not like second worst, right? And uh, at, at most of the game, you kind of saw the Warriors struggle to shoot uh, or score, excuse me, uh, against his team. And I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just sitting here and just laughing because I don't know what so, you guys want me to say. So I feel like we got to start on on Big Jim. Mm. Uh, James Wiseman, 
Jimmy the Wise Guy. I don't know. We, we gotta come up with that's my current nickname, but I I just tend to love mafia movies, so uh, maybe there's a little bias there. Um, was that his worst game as a Warrior? Gotta be. I mean, he didn't look like he belonged in the NBA, in the NBA tonight. And I mean, so on the one hand, rookies gonna have some terrible games. On the other hand, and I was noticing, you know, uh, our guy Tony Slater. Um, Connor will turn off a few people kind of like tweeting at it in different ways about how his season, how he's got worse as the season's gone on. For me, that is the story. It's not how far away he is. It's how he has. I don't even want to say regressed because regression just assumes like, you know, like you're a veteran, you regressed in some way. He's, he's just gotten worse. There's no other way around it, right? The first game, the first two games of the season, he went out there and the Warriors lost by 30 points like they did tonight uh, and against better teams. James Wiseman looked like he was going to be a future all-star. Like two years from now, he'd be a future all-star. Maybe next season, right? He was striping the three. Uh, he was he was in the paint. He was aggressive. He was just kind of out there playing basketball. Um, as far as I'm concerned, there is no physical limitation with James Wiseman right now. And that was with no training camp and coming off of COVID. Like, let, let's not forget that. And he was just out there playing basketball. He, and there were more than enough flashes. James Wiseman tonight, did he flash once to you, Sam? I mean, pause. It's a weird thing to say. But was there a, <laughs> was there a flash tonight? I don't know. I don't no, know no, no. Tonight was a mess. By the way, to the people asking... We did post an emergency podcast today discussing uh, the trade deadline and the exciting moves that the Warriors made. Um, uh, we're happy to talk about that when we get to the questions section. But back to James Wiseman. Um, yeah, man, I, I think the thing that stood out to me, and not just me, it was I was getting texts, I was getting tweets. I feel like people are starting to pick up on it, but it's yep. shoulder slunk anytime he makes a mistake the overthinking the slow processing speed to me it's all tied into the same singular issue which is the dude is in his own head in yep. what, any way you want to slice it he's trying too hard uh he's got too many voices maybe yep. he's just too much of a perceptionist and like it has nothing yep. to do with the coaching any way you look at it he i see a player who's in their own head I, I completely agree. And I don't know who you blame. That's why I posed this question on Twitter like multiple times tonight. I, I truly don't. Like you could tell me it, it's it's the front office for drafting him or Steve Kerr's system or James Wiseman himself or, or Andrew Wiggins or Kelly Oubre, right? Like, or maybe Stephen Draymond not playing. Um, like, I don't know. We don't know, right? Because, you know, I, I'm assuming that if they do, you can make a case for any of those. Absolutely. Any of those. Yeah. And, and that's where I, I, I kind of feel bad. And I think. You know, I think the solution is he's, he's just got to play through it. Like, what do you like, Sam? What can you do? There was one point um, in the first half where Juan uh, Toscano Anderson, who actually played a pretty good game, he's the best been, player on the team. Yep. He's been really good. Um, he, he kept trying to be like, you're going to have days like this, play through it, play through it. And you, you and I both know exactly what he's saying. It's like, don't. Like, don't think about it. Just next play up, right? Like, I think the player on the Warriors who's best about having a next play up mentality is Draymond Green. Yep. Like, literally does not – it does not matter if he picked up a flagrant or he cussed out Steve Kerr or Clay Thompson on the previous play. He's going to act like it didn't happen on the next play. Um, and Wiseman right now looks like the complete opposite. It's like one mistake and it, he carries it for, like, possessions – 
in a row. And tonight he had an awful start to the game and it just snowballed. And it, it's frustrating to watch. Like I, I, I just want to see him play with confidence and kind of move in a, in a, in a positive direction. So then we can start actually talking about like his strengths and weaknesses as a basketball player. Yeah, I think, you know, I'll lay some players, I'll lay some blame at the players, right? Because I know we talk a lot about Steve Kerr, so people know what we're going to say. But you you put you put Andrew Wiggins out there, Kelly Oubre out there, and, and Jordan Poole. And in a Jordan Poole that's not really playing in a pick-and-roll style, which we like. So you've got three of those guys out there that I think have extreme tunnel vision when they have the ball. They're looking for their own first, second, and third. And I don't think that does that bodes well for James Wiseman, right? And he's not getting the ball outside of just really weird post-ups. And then on the other hand, he's getting on the other side, he's getting scored on. Cause really, if you look at the starting five, none of those guys really play great defense. Um, so, I, and then he's hanging his hey, head every Wiggins, time. Don't, don't, we can play solid defense. Solid guess, defense. Uh, your, your, solid point, your, defense. Point, your point stands. It's not, uh, it's not the uh, 96 bulls. It, it's, it's, yeah, he does play good. And, and JTA does as well, but they're getting scored on anyway. Right. And so, and he's hanging his head every time they get scored on, which is like, man, that's tough. I, I like it. I like it. I like that he wants to be great on defense, but it's the modern NBA. You're going to get scored on, man. Like, well, how many of the Kings scored tonight? 236 points, right? Like something around there. Like, that's just how the modern NBA goes. Like, you're not going to hold people to 90 points as much as Steve would want them to. So he is hanging his head after kind of just standard plays. And, and that's kind of the weird part. It's like, look, you missed the block. You made a layup. It's fine, right? You play through it, and it doesn't seem like he, he can kind of get past that right now. So I'm going to ask you this. To me, just trying to get him going on offense, I, I want to see if that makes a difference. I want to see if you know, if he starts feeling good about himself, if he has one of those like 10-point quarters where he gets like four dunks in transition or on pick and rolls, you know, like stuff we saw him do earlier in the year. If that just manifests itself in like being able to breathe, like not, not thinking the world's falling apart when he makes one because he's going to make defensive mistakes. Like that's going to be a thing that's going to happen with young players. I wanted to see. I want to see if that happens because I feel like that's a little more controllable. Like I, what's controllable is like getting the ball rolling to the rim, and that's what makes like all those post ups frustrating. It's like all right, he's already overthinking everything on defense and it shows with him like rotating late and like getting very like upset when he makes a mistake or a foul why not just try to get him going on the other end so that he like relaxes a little bit right like i i don't know this doesn't seem all that complicated to me (laughs) uh no and i think like one you know if i were to play the devil's advocate i'd say like well why are you doing so much for a 19 year old kid who's a rookie but then you could also say, well, isn't that the point of the season, right? Because if you're going to argue that this season you're not going to win a championship and you don't really care that much about winning in the postseason or at this point being in the postseason, then your number one priority should be James Wiseman. It should not be Nico Mannion. It should not be Jordan Poole even. It should definitely not be Andrew Wiggins, right? Because who's not going to be on the team two years from now, most likely. It should not be Kelly Oubre, who might not be on the team from now, like three months later, three months from now, right? So it should be Wiseman. And uh, that's what I want to ask you. It doesn't feel like it, right? That they're prioritizing what should make him happy or should make him play better. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way I'm seeing it. I'm I'm wondering if I let's get, yeah. Just to get back to your point here, it's like, you know, I'm very impressed with Jordan Poole. I think he's playing excellent basketball right now. 
but like the number two pick is kind of more important for this franchise going forward, right? Like his <laughs> development is the most important thing. Yeah, I think um I think uh oh and Steve Kerr quote by the way, let's so let's riff on that. I'll riff on that. Steve Kerr and James Wiseman, everyone's just got to stay patient. It's going to happen for him. And I agree with that. It makes sense, right? Like he's going to be good. At least that's what they keep telling us. Uh, but I think the most important part is you kind of want to figure out what the process is for him to be good. Um, and when he's really, he's really kind of f- struggling to even get a clean look at the basket. Meanwhile, on the other side, you're kind of seeing Rashawn Holmes. Even the other night uh, you saw another big man. Ah, the name is escaping me right now, but even he was getting kind of 10 points just by, kind of running by pick and rolls and just kind of doing, doing the, the rim running and, and really doing nothing but that and just kind of being happy with that. And I think there's got to be some type of, uh, some type of that yeah, absolutely. change to what the Warriors have done. Andrew Bogut has talked about it on like three or four different podcasts, and he just says the same thing. By the way, shout out Bogues making rounds. Are you good now? Are you back? You okay? I am getting there. Keep okay. going. Yeah, and then so what he's saying is basically, you know, that it's hard for a center to play in Steve Kerr's system. And and so that's kind of a big thing, right? Like, it's easy for Kavon Looney to play this type. It's easy for Zaza Pachulia to play this type of style. But it becomes pretty difficult when you've got someone that's... I don't think James Wiseman has ever played this type of basketball, right? Back to the basket, but back to the basket waiting for a split cut to happen. Passing the ball off, setting a screen, and then after that, trying to figure out where to go. Like every single offensive possession. Again, I don't know if I blame Steve Kerr. I don't know if I blame the front office. I don't even know how to think about it. All I know is that there's got to be an easier way to play basketball. It There's nothing easier to do in the NBA right now than scoring. It is so easy to score in the NBA. I, I'm watching Daquan Jeffries, guys. I don't even know who that is. Like you could have told me he was playing in Korea last year. I'd believe you. I have no fucking idea. Alfonso McKitty could have probably scored He's eight points in today. But anyway. Um, <laughs> right? Like, want, yeah. nothing easier. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I am fully back. I appreciate okay, cool. you. Wow, that is that is some talent, being able to just carry it. Andy Cowherd here, just going. <laughs> um, I want to tie this segment together by one tweet I saw from Adam Wardson, you know, a famed blogger for GSW Fast Break. Uh, one of my favorite people retired now. I, I feel like this sums it up, and you can tie this to Wiseman or anyone else. There are reasonable explanations for each individual decision the Warriors have made this season. But together, the team just feels adrift. Explanations for decision X contradict explanations for decision Y, front office, player development, in-game choices, no through line. And I feel like that just kind of sums up. uh, I mean, we can apply this to rotations. We can apply this to various players and we can definitely apply it to James Wiseman who we're discussing right now. It's not that I don't get individually the little things they're doing. I just don't feel like there's a coherent plan in place. I see a player who's gotten worse today than he was two months ago. I don't know what the Warriors goal is other than they want him to be better. And you know, it feels like just, they don't know what they want to do here. It's like they they have this, uh, you know, this like goal they want to get to, but they don't know how to get there. 
I, I, I'm with you, right? Everyone wants him to be like this, this Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns type of big. And who knows if he gets there or not, but it's about how they're trying to do it. And I think that's that's the interesting part. Or maybe we just chalk it up to a bad couple of games, I think, for, for a young kid. You know what I mean? That's like, also, who knows? That's also a real possibility. I mean, it's, you know? honestly, it's probably a little both. Like, they can have the greatest plan on earth. 19 20 year olds gonna still be a 19 20 year old really <laughs> like there's there's no way around that but anyway you slice it you know there's there's things that don't make sense in this whole process and we got to call that out there's no other way around it so should we um should we move to the next thing I, let, let's talk a little bit about um the trade deadline and then let's get some guys on here. We yep. so we talked about it um in depth on a pod we threw on the feed. You can find it the emergency pod it has some fire hydrant or some sirens around it, which makes you guys know it's important. Um, but beyond that, uh Kelly Uber stays on the team. Andy, are you well, just tell me your 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 thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I get it. I understand it. Uh I like it. Unless you were going to tell me that they were going to get Lonzo Ball, right? I saw the Danny Green rumor out there, sure, but they didn't do it. You know, end of the day, I'll live with it. The most important part is what's going to happen in the offseason, right? Sam, like, you gonna, are you going to like w- tell me, are they going to keep Eli Uber or are they going to lose him for nothing? If they lose him for nothing and it's to save taxes, then this is kind of a disaster because they need to find ways to find two way players and. And if yeah, so, so I don't buy that they're doing it to save money because if they wanted to save money, they would have just got rid of Uber. He would have been gone. Period. Yeah, yep. and and then they would have had you know maybe like a five to ten million dollar, just significantly less than what they're going to pay. They did dump Wanamaker and Chris to save some money, but those guys weren't playing either. So it's just like, yeah, obviously, if you can get if you can get off Brad Wanamaker's contract, who's objectively been awful, you might as well do it, right? Like that's not a big deal. Yep. Um, they're already going to play Nico over him. Jordan Poole is significantly better than both those players in general. Uh, there's just no reason for Wanamaker to be on this roster. It just didn't work out. It happens. Um, Kelly Oubre, you know, I would have loved to know what their real offers were. I feel like the Danny Green leak was 100% to try to play up some some trade rumors, but seems like they couldn't get Bogdanovich. Atlanta probably was asking for too much. And is they'd rather roll with it. I don't blame them. I don't blame them for not trading Ubre for Oladipo, to be honest. I like Oladipo as a player, but he's not the guy he was two years ago, and that's like a massive risk to take. So I feel like the trade deadline just pushes questions to the summer, I guess is the best way to put it, right? Yep. They have a huge summer ahead of them, and I think going into it is what happens now in these next 25 games or so. It's if you go into the offseason and James Wiseman's look like he's did tonight, you got more questions than you can handle. If you go into the offseason off season and Jordan Poole looks like he did in the last two games. But on the other side, if you got Jordan Poole, who, Jordan Poole, who can be a sixth, sixth man off the bench that can be a scorer, and you got James Wiseman, who you think could be a starting center by next season, then that's better, right? And then the Minnesota pick. Uh, does that convey? If it conveys your golden, trade that thing, right, for, for a good player. Uh, same thing with uh, with Kelly Oubre. Do you lose him for nothing or do you sign and trade him? What do you do? Um, all of that. So, yeah, it, it pushes all those questions to the offseason. It's a big offseason. Really, it's even a big 20 games left. Like, honestly, like, what if they just lose a lot of games in the next 20? Right. What if Snuff is out longer than he is, right? I don't know. What's what happened to Draymond tonight? I don't know. Why the hell was he not playing? 
Um, did he just decide not to show up? You know, front end of a back to back? Like I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. Like that's just how they're gonna do it the rest of the season. Draymond, it sounds like he had uh vaccine reactions, but who knows? You know, they're not gonna publicize he got the vaccine. <laughs> vaccine and, reactions. I've heard they're bad, the second one, the second shot. But well, I mean they people players and coaches did get the vaccine yesterday. They're not saying who. Like and they shouldn't. You know? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They did say Dre, though. They did say Dre, right? They did say that. Did they say he got it? They said yeah, he they wasn't did. feeling they well did. today. So I just yeah, I just put two and two together. I know Steve Kerr got right. it. But, like, yeah, I mean, whatever. It's, uh, so if he's if he's running a fever today, you know, like, let him take the day off. It's Ultimately, it's better in the long run if he wanted to get it and do it. But, you know, um, that is what it is. They got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Which I don't know anyone who's got. So I've been trying to. Well, you know, not the place to say it. I don't. I didn't get the vaccine. Yet. I'm waiting for the 15th of April. We can all get it. So I'm. I'm really excited. But if I were to get one, if I get the pick, it'd be the nice one. It's only one shot. I don't have to wait a month for the second one. So, uh, but everybody's kind you're of. You're just. You're just a man who's looking at the fastest way to the finish line. You're like, aren't we all? <laughs> aren't we all? Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LightYears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to Get roman.com slash light years and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get roman.com slash light years. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. All right, let's open this to questions. How's that sound? Yeah, let's get, let's get, let's get some people up here. Up here. Let's get some, all right, Omar, let's go. Let's give us some hey, good stuff. Hey, guys. Omar, what's up? What's up? It's good. It's good to see you um, again after a pretty bad loss. 
So I was like not focusing too much on, you know, the game itself. I was still seething from the fucking trade deadline and the position <laughs> that we put ourselves in, which I think is totally absurd. And basically to me, it comes down to this, like in your podcast, you know, a theme that we've brought up a lot is the, hub the hubris, like this sense of, you know, grandiosity that the Warriors organization has about themselves, what they can convince players to do, who they can salvage. And I see that playing out with Ubre. Like if you're Kelly Ubre, you're an insanely confident guy who he was in a terrible, historically bad run and he was still chucking up shots like he didn't give a shit. Super good looking dude, all, all the charisma and confidence in the world. Why the <laughs> hell are you going to re-sign over here in an organization that is not even in the playoffs right now, looks so far from being a contender, when you can go to somewhere like New York, you know, join Julius Randle, be a hero, be a starter, as opposed to like being the guy who Kurt's saying, um, you know, we like him, we don't love him, we want him to be our sixth man. I just like the hubris has gotten to the point where we're laying our organizational, like the fate in such a high stakes decision that we have zero control over. It's nonsense. That, that is a, um, Omar, by the way, great question. I do think it's interesting that Seeker said, you know, Oh, we see him being a six man next year. You know, Clay will be back. Wiggins uh, obviously going to start and he'll be the six man. And at no point does it occur to anyone to think, how does Kelly Oubre feel about this? Is this the best way to politically put it? So I'm going to – we'll see how it plays out. Like, I don't necessarily have a problem with the Warriors not trading Kelly Oubre because, like, as much as I like, like, Bogdan Bogdanovich or Victor Oladipo, like, it's kind of like you're trading one set of skills for another – you're trading one set of weaknesses for another. Like, yes, okay, those guys can shoot and create better than Ubre, but, uh, you know, Bogey hasn't actually defended anyone in years. And uh, Old Depot, the health is a serious question. There's no other way around it. Like, he, I right. think we all agree 2018 Old Depot is better than any of those players. But, you know, does that player exist after the, the tendon um, hamstring injuries and everything? The quad injuries, sorry. Um, so... I do think you, you bring up a broad, broader point. I don't, I don't actually think it's a, I don't think it's unfair. It's, it's kind of how we all feel where we're like, it's just a lot of lip service playing back to past accomplishments and wondering if that still matters in any way. Yeah. And my, my quick take on it and I'll log off and let others speak um, is basically like the, you know, the risk, it's just too asymmetrical for my case. Like you got to have a lot of confidence. That's kind of crazy. In my opinion, I would have taken like even Danny Green, I was like, oh my God, hallelujah, I will take Danny Green. Like you can probably have a better chance at negotiating with him. You can like, you know, keep that salary slot and do something, even if it's not perfect next year. But, you know, just, we can be just left high and dry. And I would have, I would take, I don't know, not a Wanamaker level player, but just anybody who could possibly get traded down the line. I suppose someone who has you know, expressed in that article with MT, like some clear PTSD about being traded like 50 times in the past. Yeah, I, I think I think part of that, too, is is kind of uh, and, and good and good call to Omar about the Ubre kind of his mentality. I think I do think part of it's going to come down to he gets to play in Golden State, though, as much as some of us like to kind of say, hey, some of it's kind of going downhill. Like if you're Kelly Ubre and you look at where he's played and look at where he can play in the next four years. 
um, it is markedly better to play in Golden State than even say the New York. I'll, I'll also say this: I, I read that on TPs and, and talked to them. I think Kelly just wants to find a home. Like, yeah, I, I think he doesn't. I think he's tired of doing the one to two year deal and being traded every year. So the big thing for him is going to be a long-term deal. Not Maybe not as much about annual, more about like, are they going to give me four years? We'll see. Okay. All right, keep moving. Uh-oh. Oh. oh. All right. I'm going on mute. I'm- <laughs> What's up, Option Zero? Hey, guys. What's going on? How's my audio? Uh, you sound better today. What's up? Uh, I will I'll, – I'll give you guys a list and ask you guys where you want to start. Number one, have you guys read Hollinger's – Hollinger's – Bird rights trap article. Not yet. Negative. Negative. Long story short, it's it's great if you have bird rights for a guy, but then when it comes to, you kind of have to use it. So then what? Number two is uh, November eleventh, two thousand nine. Steph Curry tweeted infamously, "We're going to turn this around, guys. Uh, what are the odds we get a second one of those?" And number three. Uh, Front office, all those leaks we got about whatever turmoil from, I don't know who reported it. When I look at those, plus the dubs got hammered in a lawsuit with Alameda County over um, Oracle payments. We had some wishy-washiness about whether or not Ubre would even be, or whether or not the TPE would even be used in the offseason. I'm going to push back on that one just a little bit. Um, just because it does the Warriors no credit to publicly talk about how they're willing to just overspend. Like they're always gonna, they're always going to try to play it like, uh, you know, it's a lot of money. We don't want to spend. Well, let me, so, let, me, let, me, let me finish. It wasn't about, it wasn't about leveraging negotiations. It's more about like thinking about, okay. about the organization and where it might be going. Basically, my worry is that is the business side creeping a little bit too far into the basketball offside because the leaks about i don't know kerr not agreeing with how to use wiseman and the front office all those leaks don't benefit anyone in the actual basketball offside it just makes them look bad so when you think about where info comes from you always look at who benefits from info coming out well who's the guy that's not named in any of those leaks andy Lou. Right, so and you lose stands to benefit. So no, but seriously <laughs> though, like remember back in the day when we had a guy named Robert Rowell? A lot of yeah. the Warriors downside after we believe was because basketball ops got undermined by business side. Everyone wanted to make their name and make a few bucks and make some power moves off of we believe. Who's gonna get credit? Well, my concern is that with economic anxiety, with stuff going on on the basketball side that like i don't know who the fuck it is thinks that okay if those guys seem weaker i can seize more power and now we have I, okay going in different directions so i think you're like 70 percent of the way there this is this is i i think this point you're correct on um anytime you get leaks that means there's a disconnect anytime yep. there's a disconnect that means there's some sort of power struggle going on, whether it's as simple as half the front office wanted LaMelo and half wanted Wiseman, or it's a little broader, like a friend of the show, Ethan Strauss mentioned, you know, half the organization wants, uh, you know, Kurt to maybe adapt his system a little more, play a little more Mori ball. And the other half doesn't. Uh, all of it points to the same thing, which is 
those leaks don't make it public if it's just a small thing. So I do think you're you're kind of hitting on some, on something there. OZ, we appreciate you. We're going to keep it moving. Um, Andy, literally right as we're discussing Kelly, oh, man. we get this oh, man. quote we get from, from Connor Letourneau. Asked whether he'd be okay coming off the bench next season. Kelly Oubre said, I can offer a lot more than coming off the bench. <laughs> you know, I was literally uh, the last, um, we had Omar on, literally was saying, yeah, it, it works with Andre Godala. You know why it works with Andre Godala? Andre Godala was Andre Godala already. Like he was a starter, a star, an all star. Olympian, all star, like, long term contract. Yep, he did it all. Kelly Oubre, can you blame him? If I were Kelly Oubre, I'd be like, no, like, fuck you. I don't want to, I'm not coming off the bench. Right. Like, so I'm a little bit confused as to why Steve Kerr says that maybe they already, you know, wink, wink, agreed to a contract on the table. So maybe they already said, hey, you know, give me a hundred million dollars. <laughs> We're going to stay here. I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But uh, a very curious statement that Steve Kerr made about him coming off the bench. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. He probably won't uh, come off the bench to start the season anyway. Like Clay's going to play like 15 minutes to start the season. So he'll probably start. So I guess we won't really find out if he's still on the team by probably around midseason. So we'll, we'll see. That's Very curious true. stuff. Um, one, you know, Kelly Oubre definitely understands how to play the contract game. I'll put it that way. <laughs> All right, we can keep this moving. Get your money, man. Get your money. Saksham, how are you doing? Yo, I'm good. How are you doing? Good. What you got for us, man? Um, I just want to talk about, like, the front office. So I have, I have a few thoughts. I don't know. I just want to know your opinion on like my thoughts. Okay, go for it. Okay, so I think the roster that like they have set up for this season is just so wrong. It just does not make sense. I don't think we have any specialists. Like you don't have a good shooter. Like Damian Lee goes on a streak when he goes so hard. He's hitting. Five six five six threes a game, and then the next day he's hitting zero out of six open threes. He's missing. Michael Mulder, he's like, if he hits his first shot, he's gonna have a good game. If he doesn't, it's gonna have a bad game. It's almost always like that. Then defending, defending, Draymond Green holds everything. If for one game he goes down, I don't think this team wins any games. Like, hardly with st- only flex like Stephen Curry like. The whole team, then there's like there's the one, there's like he's only chance of winning. So and then it just I just want to know what your, what your guys. I I, feel, I hear the pain. I hear the pain in Sakshom's voice. By the way, I, I didn't butcher your name. I'm so sorry if I did. Sakshom, we but appreciate I, you. Yeah, Andy, what were you saying? Uh, no, I I hear the pain. I, I think the roster construction for this team is is kind of tough. It, you know, with or without Clay Thompson, right? Like even if they had Clay, the construction is kind of tough because I think I think it's this, right? It's it's a battle between. I think after we just talked about the disconnect between front office coaching players, whatever, it's a, it's the difference between who they want, who Steve Kerr wants to play basketball, which is high IQ players like Brett Wanamaker versus who the front office wants uh, in today's NBA, which is, I think like Jordan Poole. So you start to see the lines start to blur when we don't feel like Jordan Poole is being utilized correctly because he's not, he doesn't have the ball in his hands as much, right? Jordan Poole is not an off ball player. Like, he can make some off-ball plays, but nobody's in the NBA is an off-ball player now. Like, besides Steph Curry, 
Like outside of Steph, and like Clay Thompson. And Clay Thompson, <laughs> and exactly. Duncan Robinson. And, and our guy, Justinian Jessup. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you know, every white guy in the NBA is an off ball player. But like James Harden, Damian Lillard, um, uh, every superstar known to man, Luka Doncic, every superstar that's going to be coming up, they're all on-ball players, pick and roll, high usage, and maybe that doesn't win in the postseason when you go up against higher talented teams, but man, it feels like to me that like Brad Wanamaker playing over Jordan Poole, 40 games to start the season, like that's that, that right there, that's a disconnect between what the front office wants and what Steve Kerr wants to play. And, and one other point, the whole egalitarian ball movement offense really only works when you have a bunch of guys who are really smart. Otherwise, the ball gets stuck with your worst players. You know, like that's the thing. If you're a defense and they're moving the ball, you're going to let them move the ball to the player who's the least threatening to score. Right. So there needs to be some adaptation there. How they do it is, you know, open for interpretation, but. Let's keep moving. Yeah, have them figure it out. You can pay like twenty million a year. All right, we got some new callers. I like it. All right, Nathan. Nathan, what's up, man? Yeah. So, first time on here. Thanks for having me. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, just thinking about what Ubre just said, like, Kerr's out of touch with the roster, and, and he and he has been for a little while. You saw it with KD. Um, he really just didn't understand like how players wanted to play within the system, what the expectations were. Wiseman looks confused out there. I, I kind of feel like Steve is just like your typical old white dad who doesn't understand his kids. And that's kind of what I see playing out here. And I'm scared that Ubre is going to walk because if Ubre walks, we can't replace that Iguodala salary spot. And then we're kind of screwed in building a bench. And at that point, they're definitely going to use the draft picks because they have to fill a roster with reasonably talented players. But then you have to think about, well, has a team ever truly competed with that many young players? And the answer is just no. So uh, what's the direction? Like, why are we so out of touch? Oh, see, that's for you. That's for you, brother. Oh, that's for me. By the way, Nathan, appreciate you calling in. That's a great question. I think it ties back to the leaks we're seeing. There's a little bit of a disconnect between the front office who may have a better understanding of the situation at hand, which is we're over the cap. Can't just go sign whoever we want. We don't have Steph Curry on a super discount deal. We don't have Clay Thompson on a discount deal. Don't have Draymond Green on a discount deal. Um, And the coaching staff, which may be just a little just not thinking bigger picture about these things, just thinking about coaching, right? Yeah, I think too. I, his, his comp with Steve Kerr not being connected with today's players is, you know, his ego management of Steph Curry and, and Clay and Draymond. And, and I would even argue KD in his first couple seasons, first season actually was, I think, very good. Andre Godala, Andrew Bogut, those guys was great. You know why those guys fit kind of who he wants, his ideal and players. That's not the case now. Like, if James Harden was on this basketball team, I guarantee you him and him and Kerr would be going through just nonstop, right? Just arguments. But like you kind of look at other coaches in the James, league. Pass now. it to Nico and go cut. Yeah. yeah like that's just, like, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. You know, you play that way, you'll win. But guess what? That's not how the NBA works. It's it's like it feels like he's the old man yelling at the cloud. He's like, he's he's like, it's like Fitz yelling about how players should play in college every single game. Yeah. It's like Fitz, yeah. dude. Like 
let the kids go to let the kids go to the bigs, man. They make more money. It's a better better developmental program. Like they get to be in real life. Like it's like let them go. It's fine if they don't if they don't go to college, right? And with Steve Kerr, it feels like that. Steve Kerr just feels like he's so old school. He doesn't understand where the NBA is headed to today. I bet you Steve hates AAU. I bet you he, I bet you he rants about that all day. You know, I bet you he rants about how kids don't you know learn the fundamentals or whatever it is. You can kind of see that in the way that he's coaching, and that's I think that's why things aren't working right now. Agreed. All right, Kevin, we got a new caller up here. Kevin, what's going on? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. What you got for us? Um, my question is why why not like what's the problem with bringing Wiggins off the bench? Like like if if Ubre's not like if Ubre's not cool with coming off the bench. Like I know he gets paid a lot of money, but like if it's if it's best for the team, then what's the problem with that? One fair point. He has a long-term contract. He's not going to do anything about it, but I think you want to start Wiggins because he is your best wing defender. So it's, I mean, technically, yes, they did bring uh, Iguodala off the bench, who is their best wing defender for a period of time too. Um, They have to sort that out. There's no way around that. They have, they have to figure that out. But now, now it appears, you know, Kelly Uber is definitely, he's looking for a contract. So it'll be interesting to see how the whole thing plays out. Kevin, we appreciate you calling in. We keep moving. Let's see we go. By the way, absolutely disastrous if Kelly Uber. Oh, here we go, Luke. Oh, boys, how are you? Oh, hit us with some optimism, huh? How's come on, come Mate, on, give I'm us usually, some good stuff. I'm usually, op- I'm usually optimistic, but fuck me, that's <laughs> what. <laughs> I've been trying to keep a brave face this whole fucking season, and I'm like. <sighs> Like I've been going back and forth on the Discord, and I'm like, you know, like what 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 do what do we what do we genuinely think now? The direction, like I know you just said it before, Sammy, but what what do we genuinely think the direction of this team is now? Are you talking this year or next year? I'm just talking like we've got Steph Curry on the team, so we're talking we're talking the end game here. Like I know you guys said it just before, but the poor kid, he's just. He's in his own dungeon now. He's fucked. So I don't know. I don't know what, like, I don't know what we do with him. I don't know what. The, like, this is why I said when I last called you up. I gave it a bit of a break to cool down, but it seems like they've this this whole team. It's not. There's no place for kids. It's just. It's just. Not, it's like HBO. You know what I mean? There's no fucking. <laughs> it's a no kids zone. Seriously, do you guys agree? Like, it 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 doesn't seem like we can look after kids on this team. The mixed messaging, the fuck around, like it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I, I, I don't know. Am I, am I going too far? Am I going a bit too OZ or what? I don't know. Like, I, just, I, I think it's, I think you. By the way, Luke, we appreciate you calling in. Yeah. Um, I think it's a fair, OZ. I think it's a fair question. So, my big take from the trade deadline is they're pushing everything to the off season. They're they're calling it what it is, which is there's no trade out there that was going to you know, take this team to the next level this season. So it's better to hold on to your assets and reassess everything and try to revamp the roster of the summer. That's fine, but they have to do that then in the summer. That puts all the pressure on the summer. Do they package the Wolves pick and Wiseman for an impact player like a Siakam, Bradley Beal, whoever it may be, or do they go in a different direction? Because I think – I think I've said this a lot, but it's like Clay's not solving this. Clay helps, but he's not solving all this. Not off of an Achilles tear. Sam, quote from Nick Friedle. 
friend of the show. Ubre said he had no talks with the Warriors about his future prior to the deadline. Would he be willing to take less money this summer to stay with the Warriors? He declined to answer that. Quote, unquote, next question. Uh, quote, next question. He also said, I'm not answering your questions no more. I'm sorry. Next question. That's what he said. Whew. Ugh. You know, things are going great for the Warriors right now. Just fantastic. Just phenomenal. It's good to know. We 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 watched a game that was largely uneventful, and we spent the whole time talking about how James Wiseman looked terrible. But you know that's to get to be expected. And Kelly Oubre steals the show. Now you're wondering where the hell the Warriors go from here, right? I can't even blame. I am I am I do I blame this on Kelly Oubre? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. If I were Kelly Oubre, I'd do everything I can to get the money. Right? Like if if I were Kelly Oubre. Like, there's just no reason for, I, you know what? I don't even have a take, Sam. I think it's pretty obvious, right? No, the, pretty only obvious. Thing, the only thing I'll say to try to talk people off the ledge is he's an emotional guy. It's a stressful day. Let's see what happens in a couple of days. I, you know, it, do I think it's a positive sign? No. Do I think being upset over your contract and money on trade deadline day is that big a precursor for what's going to happen in four months? Not necessarily. That's I have to see how it goes, but that's fair. It's obviously not a good sign. We'll put it that way. Right. All right. Let's keep this moving. We got a nice long list here. All right. Every day. Oh, <laughs> hello. Hello. There we go. What's up, my man? Uh, I think Wiseman lost his confidence like this last few games. Like especially defensively, anytime he does a mistake, he just puts his head down and you just yank him out of the game. And and to me, I think Steve Kerr is the problem. Like he's playing a dangerous, very very dangerous game. And like the last three years, I don't think he and the players have been connecting that well. We saw it with KD, he was yelling at Jordan Bell on the bench. He and Eric Pascal got into it. I think it might cost him his job maybe in the future. What do y'all think? Jamil, appreciate you calling in. I think this is the first season that Kerr has maybe put doubts in the front office's head. Yeah. Do I think it'll cost him his job? Of course not. He He's earned the right to have a bad season. Um, and they, they, you know, they're not going to fire him. I'm sorry. They're, they're not going to do it. Can you imagine if they did? You can have Greg Popovich and Reg, Rick Carlisle going on the podium talking about how ridiculous it is. Like, that's, well, yeah. And, that, and, and, and it would be ridiculous. The guy yeah. has been the head coach of a three-time champion. He deserves the ability to work through his mistakes on, a, on the most basic level. Like, that's just kind of how how life works with jobs. If you're accomplished, you are given more rope. But I do think yeah, that, yeah. there'll be some honest conversations in the offseason. How's that sound? Yeah, no, that's fair. Like, he should not be fired. Like, him getting fired, like, that's a ridiculous precedent being, like, that would be a ridiculous precedent. He's yeah, still like, I, know we, I know we love to joke about it on Twitter and everything, but, like, it's, it's not happening, guys. And also, like, there are only so many great coaches in the NBA. And, and maybe he's not great anymore, but he's still good. Uh, but the out-of-touch stuff, I think, it, it, yeah, I think that's a problem. I, I think you – I think you, you, the, the conversations start happening about what they need to do to change. Or it's going to eventually move to that point. At, you know, at a, 
if we have a repeat of this next year, then it's the the hot the seats can get very hot. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, like this is not the NFL, right? Like guys, oh, we got a new, okay. Here we go. We got a new guy, Chris GS. The by the way, have you got your have you got your account back? The man who literally puts out the best highlights on Twitter. Can you you guys can hear me, right? I can hear you. What's up, man? Hey, man. No, I haven't got my account back. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to get it back, but, you know, hopefully soon. <laughs> but, uh, man, we're fucked, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, watching the Warriors game every single day, I mean, when they play, and you're like, damn, like, they really ain't, we really not doing shit. Like, James Wiseman, <laughs> soft as hell. Like, it's bad, man. Like, my my question for y'all is, like, What's the worst case scenario? Because it's looking grim. Like Kelly Oubre's, like he didn't look too happy. <laughs> the worst, the worst case scenario is Steph Curry demands a trade in the off season. So that is the worst of worst case scenarios. But trying to not put that out into the universe, I actually want to ask you a question because um, because we all miss seeing you on the timeline, man. Um, where are you with James Wiseman? He had an awful game tonight. That's going to happen. But do you still believe in him as a prospect, or are you, uh, are you a little out? Uh, yeah, I still believe in him. I mean, like, he'll do, like, a couple cool moves where you're like, damn, that was nice, but he just can't finish. So, like, with that type of stuff, like, I'm just hoping that he gets, like, a full offseason next year and they actually, like, develop and, like, work with him, get his strength up there, get his hands up there, because he has no type of hands. That man is butterfingers to the max, bro. But, I mean, <laughs> I still believe in James Wiseman. You know, he's he's seven foot. Number two pick, Clay believes in him. Steph believes in him. It sounds like so. I mean, it sounds like they're going to be. I mean, it sounds like they know what they're talking about most of the time. So appreciate it, Chris. Just good call. Just a deep sigh to start the call, and then just a hey, man, we're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's like every time we record, you're like, God, here we go again. (laughs) (laughs) Need a cigarette. All right, Drew. All right, hit us with some good stuff, Drew. Give us some good stuff. Yeah, man, I just think I really agreed with the idea that there wasn't a singular awful decision. It was a stream of bad decisions. Like, I thought the D-Lo for Wiggins trade was a good move. But then if you're going to go get Ubre, who's basically, you know, him and Wiggins, they do the same exact things. It doesn't quite add up. But my main issue is just the process behind Wiseman and what they're trying to do with him. You know, they draft him for, I don't know, what reason? Because they're not using him for the reasons they theoretically drafted him for. I feel like they just wanted to have like a model UN with him and Mandy, you know, speaking all different languages and stuff. <laughs> we got model UN jokes going on. Holy right now. shit. <laughs> Let's get Siakam in here then. Yeah, it's a perfect yeah, time. Yeah. Hey, we can't trade Wiseman for him. You can't trade you know, Mannion either. Maybe we'll trade Steph for him. Good to Smile go. Smile Mannion, and Wiseman just up there with like the, you know, the speaking mandarin italian i don't even know what smile he speaks man he's from like the mountains or something <laughs> it's it's just like I don't, I don't get the process they're not using him for the things they drafted him for they're trying to get him to be kavon looney out there you know what i'm saying and i'm not i'm not thinking he's gonna be some great all-star level player but just have him do what he's great at appreciate it drew appreciate it god that is the warriors end game to just be the model you had um <laughs> I can't get over that. I look, just keep going. Let's just keep going. Let's just get these guys some takes up there. Let's get through as many people as we can. All right, let's get DJ uh, up here. Uh, DJ, uh, what's up, man? Hey, DJ, can you hear us? 
Oh man. Oh no. Can you hear me? Let me keep moving. Dial back uh, in. I'll move you to the front of the line. Just because you were next up. <laughs> OZ talking to Raymond Ritter here. Jesus Christ. They, by the way, the group chat is just just the most toxic place on earth. But I do love it. All right, JM Stein. Hey JM Stein, you there? Going once, going twice. All right. <laughs> well, that's one way to get through the list quick. <laughs> Um, I don't think we've ever actually gotten through the the, the callers. What up, what up, fellas? Oh, here we go. Hey, Said, what's up, my man? What up, what up? Listen, I, I just had this take. I just wrote it in the chat. But you're playing Wiseman at the five, posting up and all that. Like, it's not it's not the case. AD played the four. Duncan played the four. All these guys that they call him the next of, they played the four. Giannis played the four. Paired him with Brooke Lopez, paired him with uh, like uh, David Robinson, all these guys. I know he's not a four. I know he's not a four. But you can't have him posting up every single time, you know? So it's just like, why not play him with Looney? Let him try playing outside, face up, front game. It's just the development completely sucks. What do you guys think? Hmm, that's interesting. I don't know about playing it with another big, but I do agree with you. The development sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, one way or another, they got to try something new because this whole uh, let's let's just throw it to him in the post and watch him try to get his Tim Duncan on. Like it's not no, it's awful. It's awful. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, now, now I will say, yeah, quickly, let's rip through it. Thanks for the call. And now we'll say, you know, Stefan Draymond are out tonight. He does look a little better when Draymond's in there. Um, but again, it's it's still it's still a lot of it is just how they're playing basketball um, is, I think, affecting thing, who he is. All right. We got DJ back. DJ, Can what's you up, hear man? me now? Yeah, yeah, we can we hear go. you. What's up, man? Okay, man. So I think we need to talk about how like fraudulent this front office has been like this whole year. Because <laughs> look, we be so everyone complains about Ubre, right? And then we take Ubre out, and then we put we put fucking Bazemore in, and now we're like, oh fuck, he's ass too. And then it's Wiseman, and then he's ass, and then we take him out, and then Looney's ass, and it's like, bro, everyone on our team is ass. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what is what is Bob doing? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I watched Wiseman. Like, everyone keeps telling me, like, hey, man, he, he played three college games. I'm like, isn't that, like, why would you draft someone at number two if they only played three fucking college games? Yeah, I mean, I'm right? with you. I think, I think on the, I think on the most basic level, like, because I get drafting Wiseman, like, the, the raw talent is insane. Like there, there's no other way around it. Like there's not a lot of seven to one guys who move like that with that level of touch, no matter how frustrating it is watching him spin move and then throw it off the backboard. Like he does have touch. Um, I just don't think they have a plan for developing him. is the bigger issue, which is almost more infuriating than anything. DJ, we appreciate you. Keep yep. moving. He's ass. He's ass. You put him in. He's fucking ass. I shit. Ain't wrong. Sean. Sean Jordan. Oh. What's up, guys? Sorry about your gauchos. How you doing, my man? That was heartbreaking. Uh, it was a little too soon, but I appreciate the <laughs> condolences. Um, I'm pissed off right now. We just lost to the fucking Kings. They're like the worst organization in the whole world. Um, I got a couple thoughts. So I have no idea why Juan Toscano Anderson keeps getting yo-yoed in and out of the rotation. Every time he's on the court, like good things seem to happen. I don't understand what's going on behind the scenes there. And then the more the more pressing issue I feel like is just like the Wiseman development. Everyone's been talking about it, but I think we're like headed towards like a fork in the road situation with him. Like I'm getting very bad Brandon Belt 
body language vibes from him. Oh, no. That's a good one. And, uh, I mean, I'm so hesitant to, like, fire off takes about him because he's 19 and, like, you know, Clay used to miss layups. it just feels like bullying. Yeah, Clay used to miss layups and people wanted him traded. Like, it's just, it's a long developmental process. However, it's just how many of these bigs actually develop into, like, not even great players, but just, like, players that impact winning. And I'm very, very hesitant on it. I think there's been a lot of revisionist history that's happened about the LaMelo ball. Like he was an obvious pick. I do not think he was an obvious pick at all. Nope. But it's just like, I hope they don't wait so long with Wiseman and then eventually he doesn't develop and then he's worthless. <sighs> I agree Brandon with Belt. you. Brandon Belt is a great job. Brandon, appreciate oh. you. I appreciate you guys. One of the one of the worst body language guys I've ever seen, Brandon Bell. By the way, who also ended up being a very damn good baseball player, uh, like a very very good. Which is kind of like James Wiseman to me. You're probably waiting three four years to get to a better version of Miles Turner, is, is what I think. But let's keep it going, Samuel. All right, let's keep it going. And what's up, my man? Yo, what up, you guys? Um, real quick, so I'm trying to like recap on all the moves made in the NBA. Did the Warriors do anything? <laughs> Got rid yes. of Brad Wanamaker. <laughs> Traded Brad Wanamaker and moved Marquise Critz, who's out for the year. So you didn't do much? No, nah, so just cleared a couple much. roster spots. Not a damn um, thing. In theory, <laughs> they could use those roster spots to sign a buyout guy, but I'm skeptical they'll do anything of relevance. Unreal. So this sounds – it's like a bit extreme, but do you slowly see – do you slowly see this becoming a Bradley Beal in on the Wizards situation with Steph? Oh, I hope not. I, I do think that's a fair question. Like right now, it is right. Like I mean, I would hate Dray- that. Draymond definitely, you know, is better than anyone that's on the Wizards. Oh no, okay, Russ is still there now. Uh, but like to last year's Wizards, but. Um, it's kind of trending in that way. I mean, I'm curious to see what happens as Steph comes back from this injury. Sounds like he'll be back next week. Although if they're serious about tanking, we're about to hear about this being the worst tailbone bruise of all time. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see how he looks with Jordan Poole, who's finally uh, getting some extended run, had 17 tonight. I don't even think he played all that well in the first half. He, I mean, he's played better, but um, I'm curious to see what happens when, you know, you get Steph next to him, maybe they add some players. But, like, yeah, I mean, when you look at this roster, unless you're a Warriors homer, most people look at this roster and go, there's not a lot of talent there, right? It's, it's almost like what is what is the next move? Because you see all, all these guys being bought out and are going to move to contenders, and nobody's mentioning the Warriors as a destination. And it just makes you think, like, okay, they're not going to be bad enough to possibly draft high. I know you have the the protected coming up, but I mean, it almost feels that like, like you may end up in that purgatory range where like, it's going to be really hard to, uh, to have that decent draft spot, uh, but not good enough to compete legit for say a Western conference run. So that's kind of where I'm at in the whole thing, man. Yeah. I think that's where they're relying on Steph. Yeah, I appreciate you. I think that's where that's a great point. I think that's where they're relying on Steph so much. 
to to get there. But then you see Portland and what they did today, and I was I was like, oh, that's awesome. They traded some mid guys for a player that's you know kind of mid, but has the potential to be more than that. Norman better, Powell, than, better than the guys they traded for. Yeah, I, I absolutely. And I think like that, and and by doing that, Portland's kind of giving themselves a shot, right? They're not going to win a championship, but giving themselves a shot to go deep in the playoffs. And who knows? You never know. And I think with the Warriors, they're scared to make those moves. Instead, they're saying, you know, we're waiting for the home run and Steph Curry. So I'm with you. You know, they won't lose enough. I don't, I don't think they'll tank. But all right, here we go. Oh, new callers. I love it. Jonathan, what's up, man? What's good, y'all? Uh, sad night. I mean, um. So, so the take I had, man, I just, uh, I just put it in the chat. You know, you know, I've been a Rockets fan all my life. Love the Warriors all my oh. life. Hey, I, I know. Hey, man, this is oh. we're, we're distraught, bro. I, I know. Oh, I don't oh. even want to talk about it, man. Like, <laughs> but, oh. but, here, but here's the take, man. At least you pulled the bandaid. It's you're, you're already on to the next era. The Warriors are kind of stuck in in between eras right now. And honestly, man, I feel like the league got to reward the Rockets like a top three pick at least man like <laughs> i mean we just we just we just gave new york harden and we just gave miami oladipo for chips i mean anyways but you know but a take though you know for a comp who i think wiseman can be is christian wood and when you look at christian wood of course wiseman is much more talented he has a more like a better physical profile mm. one thing christian would talked about in his improvement was playing next to more talented big man and wiseman isn't doing that Christian Wood, he played next to AD in New Orleans. He played next to Boogie. Even though he's diminished, he still respected his talent. Right. But Boogie's an emotional player. We can see Wiseman is smart, but he's very emotional. I think, you know, it's tuning out the vets who don't have cash A. Like, there's no vets like Iggy or Livingston or anyone at his position. I know it's a long shot, but I think they should make a just a push in the buyout. Just get some vets who Wiseman can respect and he can see uh. himself in. That's a great I like, take. I like that take, Jonathan. Appreciate you calling in. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Some, it's a great take. Um, by the way, I said it before they played the Rockets when I thought we were going to get to see Oladipo and the whole team. But uh, Christian Wood is a good comp for who I would like Wiseman to play like. Like if he plays like him, uh, but with superior physical gifts and he grows into it, like I think that's a hell of a player, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I always before the draft, I really I, I was all in on the kind of Jaron Jackson kind of type of player that Wiseman right. could be. Um, but I, I, you know, John, that makes a great point. Draymond Green is kind of that big for him right now, but Draymond Green is not the type of player that Wiseman's going to become. He uh, Wiseman needs kind of like a. Uh, I'll even say David West would be good for him, right? Like even David West would be good as someone that could mentor him. Jaron Collins is he? That type of guy, like Jaron Collins at his best is basically Kevon Looney, right? Like he's not the type of guy. Well, he's that also can a teach coach. You. you and I both but, but, know, like it, it's different. At least yeah. he's an ex player, but uh, like they need an ex player. I'm with Jonathan. Like they, like KG, right? He's been thrown around as someone, but it's like they need someone next to him like that, though. Like that can actually play. And I think like offensively is there. And <sighs> they got to find someone. They got to find someone. Um, I agree I, with you. All right, Armand, what's up, man? Hey, fellas, thanks for having me on. So um, I don't like to criticize players too much because so often I feel ridiculous. These guys are like freaking nature. I've been training all their lives. Who am I to say, you know, Andrew Wiggins, you're a fucking moron. Stop <laughs> jumpers. Fair enough. But there's two times a year where I feel like I can actually really criticize something going on in basketball, and that's the trade deadline and free agency. 
Because before I stupidly quit my lucrative private sector career doing high-end negotiations for a medical company and went to go work in politics, I got a lot of experience in negotiation. So I get, That's to, criticize Bob, I get to criticize Bob Myers from a position of experience. This guy sucks. I don't know, like, <laughs> every, every, like, he hasn't done anything in years. And every time it's like the excuses that come out afterwards are a matter of, ah, uh, well, you know, the deals weren't there. It's like, that's your job, okay? Your job is not to sit there waiting for the phone to ring for someone to come offer you something. Your job is to go make that shit happen. And to be able to do that, you need to have a certain, like, cachet around the league, which someone like Daryl Morey seems to have in spades. But Bob Myers, whether he never had it or he spent it, I don't know, but he just seems to lack the ability to compel other GMs or agents to sit down with him and work with him and do stuff. Uh, and I was wondering, like, do you all think, you know, like, I know, I know before you said, oh, it's too extreme to say fire this, that. But like, honestly, what is the future thing that Bob Myers is going to be able to pull off or do at this point? By the way, Armand, we appreciate, we appreciate the call. It's a great question. To answer your question, um, everyone in the Warriors front office who's been there for the entire run is going to get extended rope. That's just how it works in any job. I, we all like, Hey, if you accomplish what they'd accomplish, you'd hope your management wouldn't fire you the first time you started doing poorly at your job too. So that's just how it's going to go. Like they're, you know, Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, none of those guys are getting fired for one bad year. Um, to the broader question. I don't know how much is Bob's fault versus the situation, but like any way you slice it, they don't have a lot of assets. They're kind of in this weird spot where they only have two assets, which are James Wiseman and the Wolves pick and everything else. I mean, do you think anyone really wants Andrew Wiggins' contract? Do you think anyone really wants Draymond Green's contract? Like they're kind of in a bad situation. But right it's now. it's yeah, and and that's that's the thing, right? Like you look at what Miami did. <sighs> Miami, even though they're like where they are. They upgraded by kind of getting rid of guys that are NBA players with decent contracts. Like, e- even though Kelly Olenek's not really a great basketball player, but at least he's something and salvageable. And you don't have that on the Warriors. Like, the closest thing right now is probably going to be Jordan Poole. And, I, and let me tell you, if you're the rest of the NBA and you're watching Jordan Poole, you're probably saying that's still a G League player. Like, cool, he had a cute two weeks in the NBA. Well, I guess still a guy that was horrendous last year. Even if you even if you like him, you're you're hoping you could rip them off and thinking like, and they don't really know what they have there. You know, yeah. like it, it's not like Jordan Poole hasn't put it together a full year enough so that like other teams like you know what I'm giving you my first round pick for him that sort of thing. Yep. All right. Um, last two questions here. Keep it going. We have, we have Brian. Brian, what's up, man? What's up, guys? Not much. What you got for us? Well, I want to jump in on that uh, Bob Myers discussion. I think it's worth noting that um, the rest of the league still is in no hurry to help out the Warriors. Uh, So it's not as though teams that Bob Myers isn't able to uh, get in, you know, have discussions with these other teams. Ultimately, I think there there was a chance that perhaps, say, Kent Bazemore could have been traded today or Eric Pascal could have been traded today. Maybe if they played for a different team. Um, But ultimately, you know, 
I, I, I do not think that he is necessarily the problem here. I think it's totally fair to question the lack of a co- coherent and cohesive uh, direction for the team this year. There are certainly several decisions that I think are, are worthy of criticizing. And if they lose Ubre for nothing, that is a major, major mistake. Uh, but I also do think like, I'm not too worried about Wiseman at this point, considering the the tenor of the season. I still think he's going to be good. Uh, But yeah, I I, I totally understand the angst is is what I'm trying to get across um, while also trying to encourage as best I can people to to not freak out too much. I I agree with the Brian. I agree with the Bob take. You don't think that Bob? You you think? Do people really think that Bob is making these trades single handedly? You don't think Bob is? You know, you know, he has an offer and he's not going to Steve, and Steve has to okay that thing, right? Like it's not. I I don't think Bob has as much power as people think that uh, Bob Myers has. So there's a there's a lot of voices in that room. A lot of voices. (laughs) It sounds great when things are going well, and sounds terrible when they're not. So. All right, Brian, appreciate you. Actually, we're going to wrap it up here, mostly because my speaker button is broken. That's a good but caller to wrap it up on. Appreciate stuff. it. Everyone who stopped by, appreciate you. Pod will be out tomorrow. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com